gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 167 of the podcast that was originally recorded on June 25th of 2017. Some of the games I played this past week, Ethnos, A Little Baron Park, some Flatline, and a little game called Unfair. I also talked about a few things that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are in episode 167 of the podcast. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there. We are guild number 2440. You can follow us on Twitter and now on Instagram as well at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop that G like I always say on both of those. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. And on Twitch, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Okay, like I just mentioned, we're going to do a quick little whip and update here. One of the first things we did was my wife and I created an Instagram account that we're going to be posting a bunch of pictures to um, over the course of time of the games that we're currently playing. So definitely follow us on there if you want to see some of the games we're playing and some cool pictures of some of the stuff. I've also posted some of the pictures from Origins that I took, especially in regards to the Edge of Darkness game. Uh, from AEG that we got to play while we were out there, which I was very excited to play, and some of the pictures are really cool. But keep in mind, it is early. They are, I believe, in the prototype stage still, uh, because none of that stuff is final printing of those. Also, we are going to be working on some videos. My wife and I recorded our first unboxing yesterday, which I will be posting possibly in the next day or so. We're also going to be, going to be working on a playthrough of the game Flip Ships from Renegade Game Studios. So keep an eye out for that, and we are going to be putting out more videos in the future. So keep an eye out for those, and our YouTube page should start getting busy once again. Other than that, let's jump into some games and talk about what I'm playing now. One of the first games that hit the table when I went down to my local game store last week, a little game called Ethnos. Ethnos is a game from Cole Minty or Not. It was designed by Paolo Mori. It is actually an interesting little area control game where you have some card drafting as well as set collection. Each player is going to start off with one card in their hand. There are 12 different races that you could utilize in the game. Depending on the number of players, you will make normally a deck of six different races of characters if you're playing with a two to three player game you'll only have five races in there the races all do kind of different things in the game as you're going to do your set collection you're trying to do set collection in one of a couple of ways you can do set collections to be all of the same race or all of the same color if you're whatever card that you put on top when you set your set down for your collection that will be the leader and that will be the location you will get to put one of your tokens on the main board the main board has different areas that the world is divided into you are trying to get as many of your tokens into an area as you can for end of round scoring the most the player with the most tokens in a particular region at the end of a round will get the scoring there are three different ages you're going to be playing through in the first age, only one person will get scoring. In the second age, the two highest players will get scoring. In the third age, the three highest players will get scoring in the region. 
Very easy game to pick up on. There isn't a lot to the rules. There is a lot of strategy, though, especially once you start dealing with the mixture of races that you have. A lot of replayability here because I have a feeling they're going to be adding quite a few more races to this game, which should be really easy for them to expand upon and just have different mechanics and different abilities and actions that these races are going to be able to do. One of the races that we had in play that I was ignoring during the first round were the trolls. The trolls actually let you break ties. So if there are two people in a particular region that have the same number of tokens there, the player with the highest amount of trolls in count will, will be able to break that tie and they will be the ones who will be able to get the scoring for that particular age. Something that during the first round or the first age that we had played, I really kind of ignored. And once I saw how powerful that was, I busted my ass to try to get troll cards each, each for, you know, for the next two rounds to be able to break those ties. Because during that first round, I scored very little because there were several areas where we had ties and other players had the troll tokens, and they were able to break those ties and get those points. So I immediately realized how powerful the trolls were, something to definitely pay attention to, to understand all of the cards and what the different ones do. Uh, we also played with, I believe, the Merfolk. They actually have their own track where you're moving up along the track. When you get to certain numbers on that track, you'll actually get to put out a number a, or an additional token onto the board in a region, which can be very powerful. And that's kind of just how the game is working. Like I said, on your at the beginning of the game, each player starts out with one turn. You're going to be able to do one of two things on your turn. You will be able to draw blind from the deck of cards and just take the top card to add to your hand, or you can draw from a tableau of cards that is going to be out and available to everybody. When you actually get a set of cards that you want to play, let's say you have five cards in your hand and you're actually playing three for your set collection, the two cards that are left over in your hand are going to go back into that tableau and will be available for other players to take. So here's another part of the strategy that you really need to think of. Cards that you're not going to utilize in your hand, you need to think how powerful these cards are, what other people, and you need to pay attention to what other people are taking because you may not want to... You know, you may want to hold back on playing some cards if you see other people taking, let's say, trolls, and you have a couple of trolls in your hand that you may have to put down. You maybe want to wait to maybe collect a few more cards. Maybe they will dump the trolls and get them out of your hand to where you might feel a little bit easier in putting those trolls into play, and they may not get snatched up as quick if you want to try to get them back. The game has quite a bit going on in it. Like I said, very easy to pick up on. It wasn't a game that was too difficult to learn. Uh, my buddy Eric was able to teach it fairly quickly to us. I had a pretty good time with it. I thought it was kind of interesting. I'd definitely like to play it a couple of more times. I'd kind of like to see how maybe a two-player game works. So I'd kind of like to try this game out with my wife, see how it goes. We played a four-player game of it, and we had a really good time with it. If you have not had a chance to try Ethnos from Cool Mini or not, it seems to be very popular down at my local game store. Uh, since it has come out, I see it hitting the table quite a bit for the past couple of weeks, being played on multiple tables, and a lot of people seem to really be liking this game and talking about it quite a bit. So it seems to be a, a new hotness all of a sudden that has come out. I liked it. I thought some of the different area control stuff was interesting. At first, I thought the trolls were a little overpowered. I need to play it a couple of more bit, you know, a couple more times to maybe see if some of that will maybe level out and maybe just wasn't my, you know, first time playing through and trying to just learn what some of the different races do. Like I said, we had a good time with it. 
A lot of people are playing it. This is definitely a game you probably want to try and see if you like, and then maybe pick it up if you do care for it. So that was the first game that hit the table for us. After that, we jumped over to a little game of Baron Park. Baron Park is a game that is published by Mayfair Games. It's designed by Phil Walker Harding. It is a game that is similar to Cottage Garden as well as Patchwork. And what you're going to be doing is you're going to be doing tile collection in this game and trying to build out a tableau in front of you, kind of like in a Tetris-style form. In this game, you're going to be building a bear park, though. The art on the cards, on the tiles, is really cool. The tile and tableaus that you have in front of you is very interesting. You're going to start out with one tile in your hand. The tiles are going to be different size based on the number of players. So um, I think the first player will start out with a tile that's a little smaller than the rest of the players. And you're going to try to, or basically have to, cover up different icons that are on your tableau in front of you. When you cover up different tableaus, like a green wheelbarrow, you'll be able to take one of the green smaller tiles on the board. I think there's like a white cement truck that will get you one of the larger tiles on the board. And then there's also a red tile that will get you into the larger part of the tiles on the board. And you're trying to just fill up your tiles as efficient and as quickly as possible. There are different scoring points on some of those higher tiles in the board and in both the white and red areas. And you need to or you want to try to get to those tiles as fast as possible and get them played. There are also bonuses for filling out one of your tableau tiles completely as there is one square that you cannot place any sort of tiles on on your turn. But once you have your board filled out, you can put a bear statue there, and the bear statues start out with very high points and then go down from there. So I think in a two-player game, the bear statues start out maybe around 16 points or so, and then go down 14, 12, 10 from there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a race game where you're trying to just build things out the fastest as possible. Like I said, when you place these tiles onto your tableau, you're going to be covering up different spots. So if you can place one of your tiles onto your tableau that covers up multiple icons, you're going to get to choose multiple pieces from the center board that you've, you know, that you've covered up that you're going to be able to obtain that are going to be sitting down in kind of like your waiting area that you're going to then be able to build with in further turns and have more of a choice of building rather than limiting yourself by maybe just covering up one icon at a time. Very interesting game, very easy to learn. This is definitely what I would say, definitely more of an entry style game. If you've played Patchwork, I don't want to say it's very similar to Patchwork, but the whole tableau and tile building piece that you're doing in front of you, you know, this will expand where Patchwork is only a two-player game. A Baron Park will take the game up to four players. So if you do have more than just two players that you possibly are normally playing with in your game group and you like these tableau-style building type games uh, where you're building things Tetris style on your board. You know, this is definitely a game for you to look at. For my wife and I, we have Patchwork. We really enjoy that game. I don't know if adding Bearing Park to our collection would really kind of round out my collection at all. It's a really cool game. I like the art. I kind of like the whole bear look and everything. Um, you know, some of the different bears they have on there, koala bears, panda bears and stuff like that that you're going to be adding to. But considering it's mostly just my wife and I that are gaming here at home, 
I'm, I'm not really too sure this game would get added to my collection. This game definitely seems to be selling very well down at my local game store from what I've noticed. They had quite a few copies in and they seem to be going off the shelves very quickly. Uh, so a lot of people were looking forward to this game. This game was very popular at Origins as well. A lot of people were playing this one. But like I said, for us, my wife and I, we have patchwork. This expands and it adds some more people, adds the whole bear mechanic to it. Adds a little bit more to it um, as you as you do have that race component to there, where the tiles that are in the individual stacks do normally have a higher numbered, um, higher scoring piece on top, and then go down from there. So that's kind of where the whole race thing comes in. You know, where you're kind of like racing to get tiles faster than your opponents to be able to score those you know higher victory points. Really cool game. If you're looking for a Tableau-style build-out game um, where you like Tetris-style pieces and things, something that is definitely more entry-level as far as, you know, gateway gaming goes, I would definitely say Baron Park is a game to look for. Try to get it to the table, and you'll probably like it and pick it up immediately. After that, we jumped over to a little bit crazier of a type of game, Flatline a Fuse Aftershock game. This game was published by Renegade Game Studios. It was designed by Kane Klenko. He's been very popular in doing quite a few things with um, Renegade Game Studios lately. This game builds off of the Fuse universe, which I've talked about before in the podcast where you're trying to defuse bombs, co-op style game, rolling dice, very frantic. You have a timer you're going against. This game builds upon that, and it is similar to that. It will add... Um, more players to the game. It will play up to five players. In this game, you're doing co-op as well. You're trying to, you're almost like in an ER where you're trying to save patients. Each player is going to have different colored dice that they're going to be rolling that have different icons on there. You're trying to match those icons or colors up for different objectives along the board where you have four patients and you're trying to basically heal the patients by covering up the different spots on their cards. When you get a patient completely healed up, that tile is set aside. Another one is brought into play, but there are so many other things going on in this game that you're going to be able to use your dice for. You're going to need to watch your energy and energy tiles will be removed from a timer board that you're going to be able to, that you're going to be using each round. Some of they're going to be placed sometimes on the board that you can then obtain back by filling up the timer region based on the number of players you're going to match dice up there. There are also different cards in play that can affect gameplay. There are going to be cards along the side of the board that if you don't complete them, they will have a negative effect on the game and can actually um, in our four-player game, I think if we got four of those cards, it ended the game for us immediately. So these are cards that you almost need to complete each round as you're playing the game. They do give you a positive benefit if you do complete them, but they definitely give you a negative one and can end the game if you don't complete them. There are also cards that are going to be up along the top of the board that have a blue set to them. The way it's kind of figured out at the beginning of a round, you're going to be rolling dice to see which type of cards are going to be added to which area and how you're going to need to complete them. The blue cards will have a possibly negative effect again, which just makes the game crazier. You can finish up those blue cards by, you know, possibly just matching up the different icons on them with, with what's being required. 
But during the game, each player is going to be, like I said, rolling their dice and just frantically trying to talk to each other and match up different things. You want to try to utilize all of your dice and not have any left over at the end of the round because that is just very wasteful. And and time is limited in this game. The game does have an app that you can follow along with that really walks you through very nicely the different stages of a round, what you should be doing next, how you should be turning the center of the board tile, and which icons are going to be the active icons in the round on the different patients. Really interesting dice game, really cool co-op game. The dice are very nice. I think the color of the dice, the icons on the dice, the iconography is really cool, easy to pick up on. If you like hectic dice games where you're playing against a timer, this is definitely a game for you. If you don't care for co-op games, if you don't like to feel flustered, if you don't want to feel rushed, probably stay away from this game. You may not like it. It may kind of stress you out just a little bit. When we were done playing this game, we definitely needed to take take a little break and just walk away from the table for a few minutes because it's there's, there's just so much going on and there's just so much table talk going on as people are just trying to build out the different cards, throw dice down. On your turn, you can also set a dice aside to be able to kind of like sacrifice a dice to be able to re-roll what is currently left in your hand then to try to maybe get an icon or, you know, something that you need to maybe finish something out. So that's just another, there's a whole pusher luck component to the game because how many dice do you possibly get rid of to re-roll? Where do you put the dice on a lot of the different cards that are around the side of the boards to try to finish everything and make sure your game isn't ended um, from the orange cards that are there? So really crazy, hectic little game. A lot of fun. The app was very nice. It, Like I said, the app walks you through everything on the rounds. It literally kind of just steps you through everything. Very nicely done app. It has a nice timer to it. Nice sound effects to the game as well while you're playing the game. We had a lot of fun with this one. Wouldn't mind hitting it. Wouldn't mind seeing this one get to the table again and playing this one. Definitely, though, you know, have to be ready for this one mentally and physically because there's just, you know, you're just going to be stressed during the whole game. And that one is Flatline, a fused aftershock game from Renegade Game Studios. All right. And then one of the games that hit the table at home this week, Unfair from Cool Mini or Not. This is designed by Joel Finch. We actually played this game, and I talked about this game and wrote a little bit about it in my Origins write-up that I did. So we had played this game um, at Origins. I think we had a four-player game that we played a couple of rounds of. And I had seen this game down at my local game store before when it was released. I really haven't seen a lot of people playing it. And after playing it at Origins, I wasn't really too sure why. I had read a couple of reviews, seen a couple of um, videos about this one where some people said there's a lot of take that in the game. And there is, there is some take that. So you have to be ready for that and you have to be willing to be able to play a take that type of game. The game plays two to five players. We've played it with both four and two now. The game seems to play pretty well with just two players. My wife and I had a really good time with it. And as far as the whole take that aspect went, my wife is very well known for not liking co-op games. She liked games where she can pretty much do take that type of aspects and mechanics to them. And I was really surprised in one of the first games we played at home with just the two of us, she wasn't really attacking me as much as I, as I really had expected her during the game. I sat there and about halfway through the game, I go, you know, you're really not using the cards for the take that aspect. And she just said, 
you know, she goes, I'm trying to use my cards to actually build up and get my engine going. She goes, and I just really haven't felt that I, you know, needed to, you know, attack you. And she also really didn't want to get attacked back herself. We know was what was what her strategy was. She figured the minute she basically opened fire upon me, I was just going to just jump back at her and just start attacking her as well. And during the game, we did a little bit of, you know, of of attacking each other. But it definitely wasn't as much as I thought it would. And when we were talking to one of the the game players who had taught us at Origins, you know, he said you can really control how much take that you have in the game, you know, through the cards that you're using and stuff. So I think that's kind of interesting. But it's a really interesting drafting, set collection um, type of game where you're really trying to get you know, build out a tableau of cards, get a nice engine and an economic system going in the game that really makes the game just a hell of a lot of fun. Setup for the game is pretty easy to do. We played a two-player game. So for our first game that we had played, what we actually chose to do was actually just follow the instructions and we went with a suggested pack of cards, the robot and pirate theme pieces that we used for the game. There's different sets of cards that you can actually put together, which are going to give the game a totally different feel um, each with each different set that you play. So we definitely need to play the game quite a few more times to actually get a feel for some of these other mixtures of cards that we'd like to try. And for what it sounds like, they're going to be adding more of these sets, you know, later on as expansions, which should just make the game just a hell of a lot more fun. So we played Robot and Pirate, you know, park pieces that we were utilizing and the game is going to be played over eight rounds. At the beginning of a turn, the first player is going to hand out event cards to each player. There is going to be a deck of eight cards, which are going to help you count the eight rounds that you're going to be playing. You're going to have an, a city event that's going to happen after everybody's given an event card. In the city event, the first four are, are funfair cards, I guess you could say, that have a positive effect for you and your opponents. And then the last four will have um, unfair cards, and they will have a negative effect on the gameplay for you. After that, everybody is going to be allowed to play an event card or possibly multiple event cards. If you have multiple event cards in your hand, you do have a hand limit, so you need to make sure that you're juggling event cards as well as park pieces that you want to play into your tableau to build out your engine to a good balance. You don't want to necessarily have a hand of events and not have any different type of park pieces available to you to be able to play to build out your park because that is where you're going to get all your scoring and your money from. That's how you're going to get your engine going. So once everybody's played their events and once everybody passes, that's when you get to move on to the park phase. There are going to normally be three different park steps that everybody will participate in. You can do one of a couple of different actions. You can take a card, a park card from the tableau in the middle of the table and add it to your hand. You can actually build out from that tableau direct or build out from that center tableau into your tableau of your park. You can build a card from your hand or you can actually build a super attraction, which will be set off to the side of the board. You'll get two super attractions at the beginning of the game. You'll be able to normally build at least one of those during gameplay if you want. They do cost quite a bit of money, but they do have some really cool effects to them. You can actually take out a loan if you need money. You can demolish some of your rides or some of the different 
concession stands or park pieces that you have in there. If you don't feel you need something um, and you want to possibly build something else, you can also do what's referred to as a loose change action, where for each of the different attractions you have, you will get one gold for. So if you need maybe a couple of gold at the beginning of a round and you're a couple of gold short to be able to build something from your hand that you want to, you can just do a loose change action, pick up some some of that money that you're finding around the park and then actually be able to build something that you can later on. There is a fourth park step that can possibly become available through the use of cards later on in the game. My wife and I actually ran into several of those cards. It is kind of neat when you can actually do that fourth action because it does open up the game for you a little bit more than what you can with just the three actions. More actions always do help in the game, so it's really nice when you actually get that card available to you. Once everybody's gone through all of their different step phases for park steps, you're going to move on to the guest step phase. Where This is where you're going to be counting the stars that are on the cards that you've built into your tableau. Your gate card that you are that everybody's given at the beginning of the game does have a maximum capacity. I believe it normally starts out at around 15 guests. So you can count up to 15 stars at the beginning of the game from all of your different cards. There are some additional attractions that you can add to your park that can expand the size of your park. Each star is essentially considered as one guest and one guest gets you one gold during this round of the game. You want to also make sure that you're checking a ticket card if you have any of those to possibly make your money come in a little bit faster or gain a little bit more money. You will add up all of your stars, take your money, any closed attractions and special abilities will be returned to you during the cleanup phase, which is the next step in this. During the cleanup step, there's a couple things you're going to be doing. You're going to make sure that there are any event cards that might have maybe a push pin on them, which have remained in play during the round. Those will get discarded. If any of your cards were actually turned face down because somebody closed one of your rides or somebody attacked you and did something like that, those will now flip back over. You need to discard any of the cards that were remaining in the market, refill that with new cards. You want to make sure that you're then taking your hand down to your hand limit of five si of, a, of a size five. You pass the starting player and essentially rinse and repeat and keep going through this again and again for the eight rounds. After you get through the fourth round, one of the things you're going to run into is there are these blueprint cards that you can actually take during your turn, which are different kind of like object objectives that you can complete at the for like end game objectives for additional points. At the end of the fourth round, those will no longer be freely. You'll, you won't be able to take those freely during your turn where you can normally draw two of those and then maybe keep one. You will only be able to access those blueprints after the fourth round when you when you hit that fifth round through cards or possibly other actions. So those aren't any those are going to be freely available to you at that time anymore. Uh, we found that completing those can be kind of tricky. I think my wife was able to complete one. I misread mine, and where I thought I had completed mine, I was one component short of completing it, so I think I lost 10 points. But I, but we both still really enjoyed the game. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to get this game to the table a couple of more times. We're probably going to be doing a video on this one because we both really liked it a lot. And like I said, it just really doesn't seem like it was getting the the notice down at my local game store, at least, to where I really just haven't 
seen this game being played much at, at all. I'm really interested in seeing some of the different theme packs that they're going to be coming out with the game. Like I said, we were playing with Robot and Pirates. There's also vampire themes, jungle themes. I think there's also like a gangster theme, a ninja theme that you can play with. So I think mixing some of the different cards in and seeing some of the different actions and abilities that some of them may, may, you know, may give you during a game is going to make the game fresh each time you play it. Like I said at the beginning of the of the conversation here, uh, there were some people who you know were saying there's a lot of take that. If you don't like take that, may not like this game that much. We don't mind a lot of take that. Like I said, when my wife and I played the game, we weren't really attacking each other as much as you can because those event cards that you can use to attack somebody, there's a top and bottom part to those cards. The top part's going to be um, a good action or a positive action that you're going to be able to utilize where the bottom is going to be more of a defensive type of action or a take that action. So you need to figure out, do I want to give myself a good benefit? And some of the benefits I will say are very nice. Or do I want to use the card to possibly slow my opponent down if they have a fast engine going in. That was one of the times I used one of those take that cards was when I saw my wife getting a very strong engine going and she was raking in the money towards the end of those last couple of rounds and she had a large pile of money in front of her because she had a very nice engine going that she had built up. So there was one time where I tried to basically close one of her rides just to try to slow that down a little bit so she wasn't bringing in so much money because with as much money as she was bringing in, she could essentially purchase any card that she wanted to on the tableau, get it into play immediately and just, you know, build upon it. As far as the set collection goes, you're going to put down a card. When you build a an attraction, you're going to be able to then build other, you know, additions onto that attraction. You want to make sure that this, there's different symbols on there. And for all the different attractions you have, they expand and the points increase exponentially. So if you can have six potentially, you know, different icons possibly on one card... As far as that card being scored at the end of the game with just having one icon on there to six, there is a huge increase in points that you're going to try to get when you have those larger numbers on a particular card. So you need to try to make as many attractions as you can available to you. And with that gate card, I believe you're going to be limited if you don't expand on that to five attractions at the beginning of the game. Uh, when you're starting out. But as far as adding different attractions and different um, expanding on those attractions and putting different components to there, that's almost unlimited. And you can get up to like 25 where you're going to be scoring hundreds of points, which is just completely crazy at the end of the game. We definitely didn't build out things that much. I think the largest we had gotten was maybe six or seven onto one of our particular attractions, which was all right for our first game. We definitely need to concentrate on that a little bit more. Like I said, I think my wife was concentrating more on her money engine that she had going on than really expanding it. I tried to expand one or two of my different attractions to get that point salad kind of going on for the end of the game. But we had a blast with this game. Uh, the art on the cards is really cool. Some of the different combinations you're going to be able to do, like I said, with the different sets was really neat. And kept, just keep an eye out for our video that we're going to be doing on this game. Uh, because I have a feeling since we really enjoyed this one, we really would like to put out a video for this game. And we will show a playthrough of it. But other than that, that is going to be it for the games I played for the week. We have a few things that I would like to play. 
One of the Kickstarter games that just ended that I actually kickstarted was Hand of Fate Ordeals. Hand of Fate was an actual video game that was released, I believe, probably about two years ago now. I had done quite a few run-throughs on Twitch of the game when it when it was in early access. I really enjoyed it. I've watched some of the videos for the Hand of Fate Ordeals card game that is going to be coming out. It seemed to be a deck builder that you could play not only cooperatively, cooperatively but competitively as well, which to me sounds really interesting. I really enjoy the video game, and it seems like from what they've done with the card game, they've actually turned that video game into a very interesting-looking card game. So I really can't wait to see what this game is going to look like, how it's going to play. I was kind of hoping this one would have been at Origins. I did not see it there, but we'll see if it is at one of the shows later on in the year, and maybe we can catch up with them there. The last one that I'd like to play for this week, I had just noticed on Board Game Geek that there is going to be an expansion to Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Lorenzo Il Magnifico Houses of Renaissance is going to add quite a few different things to the game. It's going to add a whole new tower with 48 new development cards to there. There's going to be leader cards added with a whole new leader mechanism. There's going to be 30 special tokens that can be used in combination with some of the new cards. There's also going to be added a fifth player to the game as the game was originally two to four players, I believe. So adding in a fifth player should be very interesting, and I'm kind of interested to see how it would play with five, as it does play pretty well with four, and my wife and I had a blast playing this with two. So I'm really excited about seeing this expansion coming out from Cranio Creations and Cold Mean or Not. I, we really enjoyed Lorenzo, and seeing that there's going to be another expansion out for this game, because the game is built in with the expansion, or with an expansion that comes into the box, but seeing more stuff added to it, a whole other tower and everything like that, can't wait for this one. This will be an instant buy, and we will be talking about it immediately on the podcast once we get that. So I think that's going to be it for this podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me, everybody. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild there. We are guild number 2440. You can follow us on Twitter and now Instagram. So please do that at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop that G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Twitch page is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. And I think that is going to be it for this week's podcast. Everybody, you know what to do. Go out there, play some games, and then let me know what you're playing now. Until next week, when I will be back with another episode of the podcast, everybody have fun playing games, and we will see you later. Thanks a lot. <laughs>